Well, good evening and welcome to Queer News Tonight. This is the world's first and only LGBTQ plus daily evening television news. We're broadcasting live and then available on demand. And we're available on all smart televisions, including Roku, Apple Television, Android TV, Amazon Fire TV, and of course, YouTube and Facebook. It's time to Queer Up News. It's Tuesday, January 24, 2023, and we're live and literally out of the closet and into the headlines. So many of your important stories we're going to tell this evening on Queer News Tonight. This is the world's first live daily LGBTQ evening news show, literally out of the closet and into the headlines on Queer News Tonight with Al Ferguson. Well, I'm your anchor at Queer News Tonight, Al Ferguson, and this evening we bring you the news of and a perspective representing the LGBTQ plus community from South Florida, America, and across our planet. This is the world's first and only unedited live LGBTQ plus evening news show. Whatever happens, unique in LGBTQ plus news, you will see it and hear it. Happening Out Television Network is a 501c3 nonprofit media platform in the television and radio model of PBS and NPR, but designed for our LGBTQ plus community. We are part of one of the largest LGBTQ plus media companies in America, Hotspots Magazine and Happening Out Television Network. Our magazine is celebrating 38 years of the LGBTQ plus experience and our television news, talk, and entertainment show supports our mission to educate the LGBTQ plus and broader community. Well, let's welcome anchor Jeff Oliverio. Jeff is a founder and treasurer of the Hollywood LGBTQ plus council, a unique community civic organization in greater Hollywood. The council will be hosting the second annual My Hollywood Pride on January 29th, 2023, he is also the co-chair of the 2023 National LGBTQ Task Force Gala. The gala, along with its sister event, Winter Party Festival, has given back more than $3.3 million to local LGBTQ plus community organizations. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening. Very Anything happy to going be on here. this week? It's a little bit of a busy week yeah. for us here in uh, South Florida, but uh, we're very excited about My Hollywood Pride. Um, and we know that Hotspots and Happening Out are all going to be there to support us and hope everyone comes out and checks it out. We have a lot of great programming for everyone from kids, families, adults, and uh, a great after party with uh, DJ Sadat and Poison Ivy. Lords is going to be our hostess that night. Jeff, I want to ask you, Saturday, you're holding a brunch. It's kind of a kickoff. Tell us a little about that. Yeah, so the brunch is on uh, Saturday. It's called our Pride 100 Brunch. It's in celebration of our 100 score on the um, Human Rights Campaign Municipal oh, so Equality Saturday. Absolutely. <laughs> our, our second year in a row to celebrate that. Um, we're going to have local political leaders there, um, some of our sponsors, of course. Um, we're going to celebrate one of our um, our honorees, uh, Sabrina Havayena, um, who was a uh, uh, Houndale Beach uh, City Commissioner, um, part of our LGBTQ plus community. Um, and we also have one of our teen artists that's going to be awarded um, for a teen art project that we did that's going to be featured at the event. Sounds loads of fun. And uh, it's you're at Schwa in downtown Hollywood. Uh, tickets are still available. Go to myhollywoodpride.com. And speaking of awards, we broke the news last night. Our fund is going to be honoring, uh, let's say, who? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, wait. Maybe somebody. You're getting uh, honored in the Philanthropy Awards at ARFUN. Tell us a little bit about that recognition. Um, well, I was very, um, was very shocked to hear that. Um, Me too. I know. <laughs> I, you know, um, uh, it's great to be recognized by ARFUN. They're an amazing organization. Um, as you know, the uh, Task Force Gala partnered with ARFUN this year for the first time. Um, so the funds raised at the gala will go back to a um, community grant um, for with the Miami Foundation and ARFUN in conjunction. So I'm really happy to support ARFUN in any way that I can. So um, the honor is just part of that, but I'm really happy to support them. Yeah, and uh, you're going to be... Uh recognized in February at Broward Performing Arts uh, uh, for the Ar Ar Fun Philanthropy Awards. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yep. 
So let's welcome anchor Dr. Ty Hauser. He is an associate professor of English and humanities at Broward College. Additionally, he teaches for extended periods of time at international colleges in China, India, Spain, and Bolivia. Good evening, Ty. Good evening. Is it is it okay if I just touch you? Yes. <laughs> I'm nothing. What awards did you win this week? <laughs> what awards are you giving away this yes. week? <laughs> uh, okay, let's welcome anchor Dan Rios. He is the director of LGBTQ plus marketing for the Greater Miami Convention and Visitors Bureau, the official destination marketing organization for Greater Miami and Miami Beach. Joining their marketing and tourism division in 2002, Dan is considered one of America's top experts on LGBTQ plus travel and tourism. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. So great to be here to tell you all about the great things that are happening in Miami. We're getting ready for an exciting season uh, starting in February with Wigwood coming, celebrating drag and all things queer. And of course, uh, the Gay Ocho Festival, that is uh, the largest Hispanic LGBTQ plus festival in the United States. So not to be missed. Uh, a lot more coming. Visit MiamiLGBTQ.com for more information. And I, uh, you know, I just have to drop in. Um, I know it's not in February, like you were saying, but March, uh, we're all counting down to Winter Festival. Absolutely. Uh, winter Party. Winter Party Festival, uh, yes. Yeah, it's going to be 30 years. Great. 30 years. 30 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you been going for 30 years? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just a teen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't mean you can go. Uh, <laughs> it's for 21 and over. <laughs> We could go so inappropriate. We shall not do that as we all move on. So uh, let's welcome anchor DJ Franco. DJ Franco has been working in the community for more than 10 years. Locally known and current resident DJ on Tuesdays and Wednesday at the Alibi in Wilton Manors. Funny, spontaneous, adventurous DJ Franco. Welcome DJ Franco. Hi guys, thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. Um, we are reporters for Queer News tonight and this evening we are we begin with the queer headlines. The LGBTQ plus community in South Florida and across America is diverse. Our community across the world is vast. And here are the bullet points of the queer news for today, Tuesday, January 24, 2023. Well, first up, we queer up travel. LGBTQ plus means business. Visit Lauderdale is a national model of how diversity is good for business. This week, the Greater Fort Lauderdale LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce held a luncheon that focused on travel to South Florida and LGBTQ's important role in, uh, in it. Broward County in South Florida is one of the largest LGBTQ plus travel destinations in the world. So when Visit Lauderdale's Executive Director, Stacy Ritter, is the keynote speaker, it uh, got our attention. Visit Lauderdale is the presenting sponsor for next month's Pride of the Americas and is vital in promoting Broward County to the worldwide LGBTQ plus community. Ritter was introduced by Out 100 recipient, Richard Gray, Vice President of Visit Lauderdale. She explained her challenge in the environment Fort Lauderdale faces in a world dominated by the hateful and aggressive politics that we are seeing from Tallahassee while promoting their travel destination. Ritter had a heart-to-heart -heart and frank conversation of what we all face. She joked, quote, I might get fired for, for what I am going to say, end quote. She then adds, speaking to Gray directly, quote, that means you get fired too, end quote. The room erupts in laughter as if to say we absolutely get the joke and Ritter isn't going anywhere. She talks about a culture of what she calls, quote, mediocre white men, end quote, who are decision makers on what America and the world perceives of Florida as a place of growing culture wars. She provides an example of guns in public and then talks about strapping one on and then says, quote, oh, wait. With this crowd, I shouldn't make that joke, end quote. It was funny. She made her point. After the presentation, I asked her how other visitor destinations outside of South Florida react to her leadership values on diversity. She says on other visitor bureaus, quote, I am disappointed in my colleagues because they don't unite. I'm disappointed because I am an outlier. Our role in tourism is advocacy, end quote. 
She continues with an example in Central Florida and how the Orlando tourism industry reaped destination publicity on Don't Say Gay Bill, but then does not vigorously defend Disney when they are facing the attacks, including Governor DeSantis and Reedy Creek. It is clear that we are watching leadership in a destination of Broward County and tourism that is very unique in Florida and America. It is also very clear that this embracement of their campaign, Everything Under the Sun, is an incredible success. As Ritter and Gray report at the luncheon that the county's bed taxes for 2022 exceeded $100 million for the first time in history. They also report that in February, a world cruise record will be achieved as four full ship LGBTQ plus cruise ship charters will depart from Port Everglades, carrying more than 11,000 visitors. Her presence at the GFL GLCC is proof positive that the embracement of diversity is good for business. I love this story. Obviously, I was present uh, for it. I'm a big cheerleader of um, uh, LGBT tourism and embracement, Broward County, of course, Dade County too. Um, we live in South Florida broadly in arguably the single most successful LGBT tourism destination in the world. I would compare us and argue step for step, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, if we're not even above that, especially because of the tip over of the cruise industry. I thought her embracement was breathtaking um, because it, it takes a lot for uh, an executive director of a political arm, because really at the end of the day, uh, tourism for a bureau can, you know, it has political restraints because it is funded and, and generated by public taxes and, and bed tax, etc. So brave of her. And I thought her answers of what she feels outside of South Florida, of course, we, we know the, the Miami Bureau and the Broward uh, Visit Lauderdale Bureau and, and how they step up for LGBT. You know, uh, one of those great voices in America sitting at the table tonight. I thought her analysis on Orlando was really, really interesting. Orlando benefited from publicity and visibility and then do not vocally uh, defend uh, Disney. And she feels like she's an outlier uh, in bureaus uh, in other places in Florida and around the country as a result of it. I thought very interesting. Um, Stacey Ritter was, um, I believe last year was, um, honored for, at diversity honors by the pride center. Um, and it's for a reason because she's truly an ally and truly stands up for the LGBTQ plus community. First of all, um, second of all, um, it's starting to get national attention. I think I saw today that, uh, Shangela actually has, her tour is coming to Orlando and she was quoted as saying, I'm bringing this tour to Florida because I think Florida needs to dance and laugh. Um, and so this is, and it's going to become harder and harder to make us a leading LGBTQ destination. I mean, you can remember, Al, when there were cruise ships that wouldn't go to the Bahamas yeah. because it wasn't a welcoming place. Yeah. So we are the place where cruise ships leave from. Yeah. So what's going to happen if we're, if we become known as the, you know, don't say gay capital of the world, it's, it's not a good look for our yeah. community. And to your point, uh, and another interesting moment when I was at this lunch and listening, uh, to Ritter, she makes the point that basically almost on a daily basis, she is getting emails from business community decision makers that come to Broward County. They bring events to Broward County or convention, a meeting, whatever the business is mm -hmm. uh, that would come to Broward County. And they're saying, I'm, I'm sorry, we love the destination. We love Broward County, but we can't come. Uh, because what we're watching and so many of our, our members and our participants are saying, uh, I'm sorry we have to pass because of what we're watching. And, and she expresses that that sentiment is becoming more commonplace. And at the end of the day, uh, a bureau still has to promote and market the destination regardless, mm -hmm. uh, which is another reason why I think her message on diversity was so, so important. Yeah, and one of the things that's really important, especially as we... Uh, 
address uh, Tallahassee is to really uh, focus on the business uh, aspect of it. Absolutely. A lot of people think, you know, LGBTQ tourism or tourism in general is just fun, but they don't really look at the business aspect of it. You know, in Miami alone, we welcome uh, nearly two million overnight visitors <coughs> that self-identify as LGBTQ. That's plus. stunning. You that know? statistic is a yeah. stunning statistic. Yeah. The financial impact of the, that number is in the billions. Uh, and we look at the residents here, you know, in South Florida, our financial impact is $8 billion. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's not something that you can just sort of uh, dismiss. And I think that that's going to be very critical in how we uh, inform Tallahassee of the importance of this segment in this community. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things that jumps off of the page to me on that observation and having listened to Ritter is you can have both things. You can have diversity, embracement, everything under the sun, and embrace all of the components of community. You can embrace uh, race, you can embrace trans, you can embrace handicaps, and other kinds of marginalized communities, and still be successful. They're not mutually exclusive, which I think is really important in, in what you just said on the impact in Miami-Dade County. And the other thing that I think is really important is in South Florida, while we feel like we are a purple state and we're losing the battle, if you, if, you, if you gauge it based on the midterm elections, you cannot in Florida ignore uh, Miami-Dade County and Broward County and Palm Beach County. You cannot because basically you're looking at about 35 to 45% of the entire state's population. But more than that, in terms of tourism numbers, it is an overwhelming number in South Florida. The only thing that even comes close is Orlando. And even that, South Florida outproduces what people think is the biggest tourism destination in the world. No, it's not Central Florida. <laughs> it's South Florida. And so Tallahassee cannot ignore what goes on down here. And so as a result, she makes the point that diversity is good for business. Yeah. And our business is gigantic. And mm. so we should be paying attention to diversity. She makes, I think, quite an excellent point. Okay, next, we're going to queer up politics. Republicans in Congress want to ban rainbow flags. House Republicans are advancing legislation prohibiting rainbow pride flags from being flown outside U.S. embassies in other countries. According to Representative Jeff Duncan, Republican of South Carolina, who is one of the act's co-sponsors, Republicans introduced the so-called Old Glory Only Act in 2021 in response to a State Department official putting a rainbow flag up over a South American embassy in 2018. The proposed law would only allow U.S. and military flags flown at embassies and diplomatic facilities. The law follows embassies flying the Black Lives Matter banner and pride flags in previous years. The battle over pride flags at U.S. embassies exploded during the Trump era. During the presidency of Donald Trump, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo ordered the U.S. Embassy in Seoul, South Korea to remove a rainbow pride flag and BLM banner from the exterior of the chancery. The State Department at the time said that it requested the, uh, the Black Lives Matter banner to be removed because BLM is a nonprofit organization. So essentially, we can only be nationalists with an army. Yeah. Like <laughs> and we want to give that message to the world. Yeah, yeah. They're like taking everything away. It's just like the American, <laughs> like, that's it, nothing else. Like everybody else doesn't really matter. <laughs> like what's going on? I feel safer. I really do. I'm glad they're focusing on this <laughs> national security issue um, as the Wait, new Congress. Um, and they should maybe veer away from old glory in any law. Sorry, <laughs> I was going down a wrong hole there. Um, it's, we sometimes refer to Al as old glory. No. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll take that, that hit. Thanks, uh, Republicans. Yeah. And, and, and you know what's, what's interesting about this? They're doing it. Why, why are they doing it? Why? There's not a chance in the world that this can pass. There's not. Without the control of the Senate, there's no chance of it. They only have four seats, and one of them is George DeSantis. 
I'm sorry, George Santos or whatever George's uh, name is uh, in Santos. Long Island. Oh, Santos. That's Thank his name you. today. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's why you didn't know it. They, that's right. They, they only have four seats. There's not a chance in the world this could pass. Um, there, there would be five defections, uh, in, even in the House, in the GOP. So why are they doing it? Then you go, okay, let's, they can't get this done, so why would you bring this back again from 21? Why would you bring it back again in terms of discussing it in 23? There's only one reason. They are rallying a base yep. to try to raise money and their visibility for the base. It gins up Fox News, it gins up Tucker Carlson, it gins up Newsmax, and they think that that is good for them in terms of ginning up right. the community. Mm -hmm. Now, we may be participating, even having this conversation, in helping to gin it up. But first, it cannot pass. And second, we should understand why they're doing it, which is power grab, culture war. That's what we're watching. Definitely. Now, let's queer up the road to Stonewall. Pride on the Drive will celebrate the gayest place on planet Earth. Pride Fort Lauderdale and the Wilton Manors Business Association, Wilton Manors Entertainment Group, Alibi, and Hunter's Nightclub are excited to produce Pride on the Drive, presented by Can Community Health and Midland Medical on Friday, February 10th, 2023, from 6 to 11 p.m. The hotspots happening out television stage outside of Alibi Monkey Bar will celebrate a Pride Fet takeover with Caribbean music, food, and dancers. The Hunters Nightclub stage will feature a legendary Thunderpuss, which includes internationally renowned DJ Barry Harris from Toronto and DJ Chris Cox from Las Vegas. The duo, who haven't played together in over 20 years, recently released a remix of Don't Cry For Me, which was featured in the film Whitney Houston, I Wanna Dance With Somebody. VIP tickets for this five-hour-long fun event are already available online. According to Barry Harris, the last party Chris and he played together as Thunderpuss was at the 2004 White Party at Vizcaya in Miami. This time, they will be playing together in Florida after almost 20 years for Fort Lauderdale Pride 2023. Um, first of all, I'm really excited because I love Thunderpuss, I so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> we, um, we all turned so gay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, and a Whitney Houston remix. Right. I mean, <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, you did what? <laughs> that was a Whitney Houston I just remake. elevated over my chair. Um, I also uh, got to attend the uh, Caribbean uh, Fet Festival last year. Um, yes, which I love that they're doing this in conjunction with Pride of the Americas. It was a fabulous first year event. So I'm really excited to come back out and support them as well. Yeah. You know, anything that uh, we do on the drive uh, that... Uh, uh, tries to give opportunity for diversity, I'm all in. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I'm very happy uh, that there's that embracement. The other thing, of course, you know, we have a selfish interest in this uh, because of hotspots and happening out television uh, network and WMEG. That's the, the group uh, that we're all part of. Um, when multiple organizations, um, uh, multiple LGBT organizations come together and say, it's not all about us, we should all be in. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I think Pride on the Drive is going to say loud and clear. Mm -hmm. um, we're thrilled that Hunters is doing it. We're thrilled that Georgie's is going to do it. Um, we're participating in those two stages, which uh, Thunderpuss as a feature uh, is great. Um, uh, DJ Franco uh, representing Alibi uh, and the Alibi stage in, and our participation in that is great. I know the Manor's going to do something. I know the pub's going to do something, et cetera, and so on. The entire drive is coming together to say, let's celebrate Pride. Yep. I think that that's great on Friday night. And I also think it is great because of the situations that have gone on for Pride of America, uh, that it gives Wilton Manors the opportunity to say, wait, we've got your back. And we're going to do something on Friday night to help embrace the Pride Weekend. And we, of course, we want you to come into Wilton Manors. Um, but it helps round out the weekend in terms of being able to support Pride of Americas and make the entire weekend a great event. So now we have Pride on the Drive. We have the parade and uh, on Saturday. And there's this... There's this uh, singer. What's his name on Saturday night? I'm trying to, trying to remember. It's, it's escaping me. Does anybody remember? Um, Would that be Boy George? Oh, yes. That's his name, Boy George, uh, <laughs> performing. Uh, and uh, then on uh, Sunday, uh, a great pool party. So it's going to make a great weekend 
Um, so this is great. So you, you're telling me that these are separate events and organizations that align with Pride of the Americas? That's right. Oh, that's uh, the, the whole drive, Pride on the Drive, is designed to help support uh, Pride of America in Wilton Manors. Uh, we don't have the beach, uh, but we have a hell of a lot of bars. And uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I think it's great. And it's going to be fun for us. Let's all show up and have a really, really great time. Definitely. It's great. Now let's queer up business. M&M's yanks polarizing candy mascots to appease Tucker Carlson and the far right. Woke M&M's have returned. The green M&M got her boots back, but apparently is now a lesbian, maybe. And there's also a plus-sized, obese purple M&M. So we're going to cover that, of course. Will M&M's still melt in your hands if they identify as trans? Apparently, there's new lesbian characters. We need to run from women like the green M&M. I do not trust her. Purple M&M has added, uh, was added to push acceptance and inclusivity. You conniving, climbing little bitch. If this is what you need for validation, I'm worried about you. I think this is the kind of thing that makes China say like, oh good, keep focusing on that. Yeah. Keep focusing yeah. on giving people their own color M&Ms uh, while we, you know, take over all of the mineral deposits in the entire world. Is this orange a man or a woman? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. Is this blue? Is it non-binary? Is it democratic? I don't know. It's blue. I don't know. Women all know that the women are like, I'm a woman and I'm pro-woman and they'll call pro-women I am. You can't trust them. The M&M is, uh, is disgusting. He's an opportunistic evil bitch. <laughs> okay. After conservatives attacked M&Ms for slightly redesigning some of their signature mascot characters to be more inclusive, the beloved candy brand has announced it is taking an indefinite pause from the spokes candies and replacing them with actress-comedian Maya Rudolph. The company posted a statement on social media starting with America Let's Talk. It said last year the company made some changes to spokes candies which it thought no one would notice but it has realized that even a candy's shoes can be polarizing. Hence, Eminem is introducing a spokesperson for the company that America can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. The company believes that she will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. Conservatives began attacking the brand after it announced the release of, a candy, pack of candy packages with only the female characters green, brown, and the new purple. Fox host Tucker Carlson, who famously flipped out last year when the green M&M was redesigned to be less sexy, called the new packaging woke and said that the green M&M is a lesbian, maybe? <laughs> I love Maya Rudolph, so I think she'll be like a good spokesperson because she doesn't bite her tongue. She's like there for like everybody and she'll get the job done, I feel like. I'm also really glad about the journalistic integrity of the people at Fox News really <laughs> tackling the stories that matter to America. I think it's really important Inflation. we dig into, because this is just another example of a woman of color taking the job from candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but really, and it how, needs to stop. It how needs to stop. how sexually repressed do you stop. have to be to fetishize candy? You, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, Fox, it, I, it's a bullseye point in terms of what they're focusing on. They're doing these stories at the exact same time that the, the hardest of the right, the Gang of 20, uh, which we have one of them, Matt Gates, uh, in the seats, MGT and McCarthy apparently are kissing cousins, or maybe mm. worse, uh, now. <clears throat> the Gang of 20 is going to push us to the brink of debt default. Mm -hmm. That's going on at the exact same time as the world crisis issue of whether there's purple M&Ms. Mm -hmm. And I think the purple M&M is a lesbian. They're doing both stories simultaneously. How can you have any credibility? And one thing that I would say is, um, you know, I when, I when I watch this reel at Fox, I realize Queer News Tonight is definitely not Fox News. <laughs> because we reported the day after M&M's, Mars, announced this, we did the story. One of the people at the, uh, at, at, at the desk, uh, like we are tonight, had a champagne glass and poured M&M's into it and passed <laughs> it around. And the lesbian that was at the uh, table, DJ Nina, mm. uh, on the drive, said, I, I haven't eaten an M&M in so long, I don't even know what M&Ms are. 
But after this story, I'll eat an M&M. And she takes and starts to eat the M&Ms and goes, these are really, really good. And at the end of the day, it's just chocolate. Yeah. It's glazed, hard-shelled chocolate. I think, it, it. I think we really, though, need to, this needs to be said about what we just watched. The misogyny and the fat mm -hmm. shaming yes. that has happened in that clip. Uh, it's just unacceptable from people who claim to be journalists. Yeah, and the and the blonde women that are basically, you know, I, I make this observation repeatedly. I tried for so long to embrace a conservative point of view uh, at happening out uh, to allow the voice, you know, this gaze for Trump and the log cabin Republicans. And I basically gave, we had an anchor uh, it's happening out that was, uh, you know, a director at uh, the director at Log Cabin Republicans. Uh, he stormed off one day and got mad and threw the mic pat at uh, one of the anchors as he storms off. And I gave up because I, it was like, wait, I'm just beating my head against the wall. Mm -hmm. uh, this gaze for Trump is not real. Roaches for raid is real. Mm -hmm. That's what we watch at Fox News. These yeah. blonde women that try to represent I am woman, no, you're a caricature that Fox News is using you to contribute in those messages. Yeah. And it's time for the classroom at Fox News to all put your heads down on your desk, five minute timeout. That's what's next, five minutes, don't talk again. <laughs> next we're Queer Up South Florida and Florida. Bears in the alley goes tropical in Fort Lauderdale. The Urban Bear in New York City and Eagle Wilton Manors presents Bears in the Alley Tropical Weekend, a tropical street fair and dance party. The 2023 edition is set to be an event bigger, an even bigger celebration held over four days and featuring multiple new events. Enjoy an unforgettable weekend of bears, music, and tropical fun as the Urban Bear of New York, Bears of New York and their friends from across the USA head south for some winter fun in Fort Lauderdale. The Tropical Street Fair will happen Saturday, March 11, 2023. The parking lot of the Eagle will play host to a tropical village filled with a vendor market, DJs, music, boys, and bears. You can expect a fun and busy atmosphere. The party will run from 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. You experience the sounds of internationally known DJ Danny Verde and DJ Ali Rich at Eagles Wilton Manors immediately following Bears in the Alley Street Fair. Okay, well, that was some, uh, some good-looking bears. In this <laughs> <laughs> Are you a bear follower? Well, now I am. <laughs> Coming out of hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, I, you know what's great about this is uh, I love that the Eagle is embracing lots of various communities. Uh, it would be really easy for them to sit in this profile and just sit in this silo and say, that's it. Mm -hmm. I have been to leather events, which have just shocked the heck out of me. Uh, this bear event, I've been to two lesbian uh, mm -hmm. tea, tea dances on mm -hmm. Sunday afternoon. I just love what's going on at the Eagle because everybody goes, oh, this is what they are. This is you. This is you. Well, no, no, no. Don't put me in that silo. This is a good example of it. Uh, Paravan is very different than, you know, what their traditional Saturday night might be. And when they open up their back, uh, their back area, if <laughs> no, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> when they open up their parking lot for an event, oh, they do a really lot. good job. Yeah. Uh, what they do out, yeah. what they do in that parking lot is always a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that they reflect also what's happening even around this table, you know, the diversity here. Like, you know, we don't see Al and you just see these chaps, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah. he's ready to go. Yeah. All right. And well, we're not doing it justice, uh, calling it a parking lot. We still are in a beautiful, sunny South Florida yeah, with palm trees and in the middle of a parking lot. So if you're watching from somewhere else, travel to right. Fort Lauderdale, it's not just a parking lot. Exactly. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> All right. Now let's queer up LGBTQ plus civil rights. DeSantis says Florida rejected African-American studies course because of queer indoctrination. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say 
that an important part of black history is queer theory. That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. When you try to use black history to shoehorn in queer theory, uh, you are clearly trying to use that uh, for political purposes. Yes, ma'am. Governor Ron DeSantis said that his state recently rejected an advanced placement African-American studies course because of the course's indoctrination of the queer agenda. DeSantis said that when he heard that the class didn't meet the state's educational standards, he figured the course involved critical race theory, a college-level curriculum about the effects of institutional racism throughout history. DeSantis said, quote, this course on black history, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say an important part of black history is queer theory? That's someone pushing an agenda on our kids, end quote. The truth is, a queer theory examines societal responses to non-heterosexual and non-cisgender identities. It's an essential part of black history, both because of notable black LGBTQ figures and the criminalization of black sexual identities through history. It's hardly surprising that DeSantis's administration rejected the black history course. Last year, he signed the Individual Freedoms Act to limit how racial issues are taught in public schools, universities, colleges, and workplace training. Uh, this is an important course for the entire country. Other states offer the same AP level course for AP credit. He is denying our students the education that he so desperately wants them to ha wants them to have to compete in the United States series of education. And, and of course he can make that choice though, Ty, because Florida's high school educational standards is ranked number one in... Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, if it weren't for, if it were not for black queer people, uh, I wouldn't have half the literature I get to teach. Mm. And it is brilliant, brilliant work. Yeah. And who else to be a better expert on black queer history than Ron DeSantis? With a, I'll leave it there. Was that sarcastic? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's super interesting to me because what when else? he did this, and and uh, in, I thought it was a joke, frankly. The first time mm -hmm. I read it online, I thought it was an onion story. I really, honestly did because I thought wait, he's not going to step that deep yeah. into this situation. And then Donald Trump got accused of being a racist over and over and over again in four years. Donald Trump looks, looks like uh, Martin Luther King compared to, <laughs> to DeSantis uh, when he steps in like this. He has such a hard-on in terms of what he wants in mm -hmm. terms of getting to the White House and selling to everybody, see, I stopped them, I stopped them, I stopped them, to the point of ridiculousness. It's ridiculousness. And you know the one thing, that uh, other thing that I think about him, when George uh, DeSantos, wait, I might be getting this name wrong. <laughs> George DeSantos, isn't it? His name is George Santos. Oh, okay. Drop the duh. Sorry. His, okay. <laughs> yes. Drop the duh. Not his drag name. I see You know, I, I read, somebody told me, and then I read uh, that he went to Harvard. And I watch somebody prepare and, and deliver a speech like that. And I did some, I thought maybe I was being pulled another George DeSantos of here's my resume and lie, lie, lie. And I found out uh, that our dear governor went to Harvard Community College someplace in Nova Scotia. Now, they want their uh, diploma back because <laughs> your understanding of what um, uh, a black AP course taught you're hearing from a professor of English say, look at the value of what this is all across America. But we don't want that in Florida. And what we don't want in Florida is smart, educated students. Absolutely. This is a dream. This is the onion, right? We're doing an onion pizza <laughs> right tonight. Well, hopefully we'll have uh, 
some, some voters come out against this at some point in the future, uh, I, I, I keep the faith. <laughs> Next, we queer up health. Um, major HIV vaccine trial halted after failure. Pharma giant Johnson & Johnson announced yesterday that it was pulling the plug early on its latest trial after it became clear it wasn't proving effective. Janssen, Johnson & Johnson's research arm, partnered with the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. A spokesperson for the NIAID said, quote, it's not the outcome we had hoped for, unfortunately. The development of a safe and effective HIV vaccine has been a considerable scientific challenge, but we will learn from the study and continue forward, end quote. HIV mutates rapidly and is skilled at evading the body's immune system. As a retrovirus, it can hide in the very DNA of our cells. This makes it impossible for our own immune system to locate the virus. For this reason, attempts to produce a vaccine have so far failed. Although this latest formulation shows some efficacy in earlier trials, that effectiveness was clearly not good enough for experts to consider releasing it to the market. Um, absolutely, of course, a disappointing story. Um, of in the in the search for a vaccine of course there are going to be you know good days and bad days i think in this and there's been a lot of a lot of movement forward but this is of course a step backwards which is which is difficult to hear yeah. but they did they did double down and say we're still committed to this so um, we reported at core news tonight when they announced uh, the study was going to begin and i remember that night in conversation <clears throat> there was such uh, such optimism we have been through since 1982. I did uh, the Fauci interview uh, last month. There, there was such, uh, there is such optimism that we can see the end of the tunnel. The reason why this news is a gut punch is if we're going to get to 2030's goal of no new trans, uh, transmissions, this is a key component piece yeah. of it. It's just a key component piece. Um, uh, Janssen is not the only one uh, that is in race for vaccine. Um, but it's interesting that we have been through the process of facing the pandemic and the incredible medical, uh, almost miracles that we have seen in uh, Pfizer and Moderna, et cetera. And I think a lot of it, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. It caught, caught me by surprise in that, no, 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 they're going to get it. Um, this is going to be successful and we're on our way. And, and I think that's the, the gut punch of, of this news. We've lost so much and so many, uh, and HIV is something that we just desperately want to put behind us, and it just keeps on holding yeah. on. The thing is that the way I'm looking at it also is we, we, like you said, we've traveled so far with this, but and we're so close, and I think that that's what makes it even more painful because we're almost there and we just can't get there. But uh, I think that, like they mentioned, um, with every trial, they'll they'll learn, and eventually we will get there. Yeah. It also one one last thought when I when I hear language medical uh, researchers use language that uh, HIV is hiding in uh, the 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 DNA of the cell uh, when I hear that it it's triggering for me because I go back to eighty seven and eighty eight and eighty nine of going my goodness if you contracted there was no hope and. When they use words like that of how insidious this disease is like that, that it's hiding inside mm -hmm. the cell and the DNA, it just reminds me of the hopelessness that we felt in 87, 90, 92. Um, and it kind of, in a way, strange way, brings me back to that feeling of hopelessness, that this disease is insidious. Yeah. So um, And fear. And fear, yeah. Very frightening. Yeah, very frightening. Very frightening. Next, we are proud of our special partnership with Sunshine Cathedral, the world's largest queer church here in Fort Lauderdale. Supporting that partnership, we are broadcasting from our permanent set here at Sunshine Cathedral at the Happening Out Television Studios. We broadcast Sunshine Cathedral's Sunday international service at 10.30 a.m. every week.
board member for the Hollywood LGBTQ Plus Council, and Sunshine Cathedral is my queer church. Well, you'll remember earlier I gave a timeout to uh, my friends at Fox News. They've had their head on the desk. Okay, now lift your head. All of you and Tucker Carlson and other radical conservatives, you've all suggested the LGBTQ community has a secret plan. We can only guess that it is for world domination. We couldn't <laughs> agree more, and we are going to tell you all about it right now in our segment called The Gay Agenda. In The Gay Agenda, we queer up politics. Representative Galejo will run against Arizona's Senator Cinema. You're the first group of people that are hearing this, besides my family. I will be challenging Kirsten Cinema for the United States Senate, and I need all of your support. After teasing a potential run for months, Democratic Congressman Ruben Gallego of Arizona formally announced his campaign for Senate today. So far, Gallego is the only Democrat in the 2024 race, but it is widely expected that incumbent Senator Kirsten Sinema, a former Democrat who recently became an independent, will also run for re-election next year. This puts the Democratic Party in a difficult position because on the one hand, Senator Sinema caucuses with the party, was crucial in securing its Senate majority. But on the other hand, she has spent her tenure in the Senate, particularly recently gleefully stymieing many of her former party's biggest priorities. Cinema, along with Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia, ended any hope of filibuster reform, which prevented Democrats from pursuing much of President Biden's most ambitious agenda by requiring the support of 10 Republicans for most legislation. Well, the Democratic Congressman Ruben Gallo of Arizona announced on Monday that he will run for the Senate, uh, teeing up a potential battle against incumbent Senator uh, Kirsten Cinema next year. Uh, he is a Marine combat veteran who has served in the House of Representatives since 2015, made the widely expected announcement in the campaign video that was filmed in his Phoenix area congressional district. One of his potential opponents for the Democratic nomination, Congressman Greg Stanton, announced on Thursday that he will not run for that Senate seat. In the gay agenda, we queer up education. Stephen King shares advice for young people whose books, whose schools bans LGBTQ plus books. There has been a dramatic expansion of book banning across the U.S. in recent years. According to PEN America, 41% of the books banned in schools across the 2021-22 uh, school year contained LGBTQ plus characters or themes. Many books that were targeted contained a character of color and a further 21% directly addressed issues of race and racism. Penn believes that it is all part of a coordinated campaign coming amid wider efforts to erase LGBTQ plus people from classrooms and public life. Stephen King has rallied against these bans on Twitter, urging school children to get their hands on banned books and find out what the authorities don't want them to read. In the gay agenda, we grew up entertainment. Sundance favorite Eileen stars Anne Hathaway as a hot, sapphic love interest. Anne Hathaway plays an older Carol figure in the new Sundance hit based on Otessa Mosfet's 2015 debut novel, Eileen. And the girls, as they say, are living. Not only is the much-awaited Anne Hathaway dyke moment that fans have been craving for literally decades, but the movie is also apparently, like, good. Like, really good. <laughs> apparently, Mosfei herself prefers the adaptation to her own book. So what is Eileen about? Well, true to the Mosfei's novel, it's about a chronic masturbator who meets a stunning co-worker while working as a secretary at a prison. Plus, it's in the mid-60s, so you know the fashion is popping off. <laughs> in the gay agenda, we queer up gay culture. Boomer Banks and Max Connor on X-rated NYC and challenges of gay adult entertainment. Last night was a bit of a mess. I want to talk to you. Not right now, bro. Oh, no, no, no. Take outside. When's the next time you got to see them? Tonight. Sorry, Dante. I'm sure you're not used to the gay drama. What's that supposed to mean? Why do you all talk to me like I'm not queer? <laughs> Don't pay attention to that. Why is my name in your mouth? And I don't even want to do this interview anymore. All right. Bye. 
Of course, sex work is work, and what you see in print or on your screen has taken plenty of time, effort, and labor to create the fantasies that many seek. So far, in January, OnlyFans has amassed an average of over 39 million site visits and counting. OnlyFans has also been a haven for many sex workers, including Boomer Banks and Max Connor. They are two of the biggest names in porn, and they make up half the star power in X-rated NYC. In an interview with Joshua S. Mackey of Intomore.com, both talked about X-rated NYC career beginnings and challenges as adult entertainers of color. In the gay agenda, we queer up entertainment. It's January, and here are the five LGBTQ plus inclusive shows already canceled in 2023. We are barely two weeks into January, and several queer shows have already been canceled. Over 20 LGBTQ plus inclusive television and streaming series were canceled last year, including some of our favorites. Shows like Saved by the Bell, Love, Victor, Queerest Folk, Los Espookies, Legendary, and Warrior Nun all deserve more seasons than they got. Here are the five LGBTQ plus series that will not make it past 2023. 1899, Dead End, Paranormal Park, Fear the Walking Dead, Snowpiercer, and Uncoupled. Shows like One of Us is Lying and Vampire Academy are also canceled. In the gay agenda, we queer up entertainment. Leslie Jones becomes guest host of The Daily Show. LGBTQ plus ally Leslie Jones recently took a seat at The Daily Show desk. The Saturday Night alum started a temporary stint as host of The Daily Show last week and brought her trademark vulnerable honesty to the job. Jones hosted Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the Comedy Central show. She also hosts ABC's game show reboot of Supermarket Sweep. A new permanent host has not yet been named. The Daily Show airs weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern on Comedy Central and then is available the following morning on Paramount+. That is today's news for the LGBTQ plus community on the world's first and only daily LGBTQ plus evening news show. If our community is important to you, share this news with your friends and family. Are you, like most of America, part of our very large television audience watching this live LGBTQ plus news broadcast right now on Roku, Apple TV, Android TV, and Amazon Fire TV? Queer News Tonight is the only live LGBTQ plus digital show in the world that is out of the closet and into the headlines. We need your support. If our community is to grow, we must tell our stories and bring them to the attention of the broader world. This is the only place in the world that tells these types of LGBTQ plus stories in motion and sound. That is the passion of Hot Spots Magazine, Happening on Television Networks, and Queer News Tonight. I'm your anchor, Al Ferguson, and on behalf of these LGBTQ plus reporters, the anchors of Queer News Tonight, including Jeff Oliverio, Dr. Ty Hauser, Dan Rios, and DJ Franco. We will see you daily at 8 p.m. And to our LGBTQ plus world, we wish you good, good night. night.